Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Stacey Brown Randall, who, full disclosure, I'm a fan of. And the reason I'm a fan is because I actually just finished Stacy's audio book. Uh, and that book, you're going to want to add this to your queue. Uh, because it will completely transform your business. And that book is Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, a simple five-step plan to referral mastery. Is that what it is? What's that final word there? It's covered on your, I was looking at it on your. It's explosion. Explosion. I like explosion. explosion. And of course, Stacey, you're also the host of Roadmap to Grow Your Business. Uh, podcast, and you're found on the web at stacybrownrandall.com. And that's Stacy with an E. So Stacy, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So the first thing I want to find out is how you found yourself becoming uh, an expert, as it were, or a sought-after expert uh, in the field of generating referrals? Were you just naturally always gifted at people just always wanting to introduce themselves and their friends to you? <laughs> I, I, that would be awesome if that were the case. <laughs> that is not the case. I always tell folks the reason why I have an opportunity to talk about referrals and how we generate referrals without asking is out of sheer necessity and the grace of God. So, mm. Unfortunately, I had to go through a business failure to realize some things that I wasn't doing well in terms of running a business and learn some really hard lessons during that business failure and had to go get a job after the business failure. So that's when you really know you fail, right? Is when you actually have to go get a W-2 job. Then started another business, started my second business and was like, okay, I got to do this different. Like, how am I going to make this different? And I'd done some research on best ways to like grow your business. And I talked to other successful business owners and I looked back at what did work work within my first business and what didn't work. And what I realized is I've got to touch business development every day. But Mm. for me, I got to do it in a way that I'm willing to actually do it. But it also has to work. And one thing I landed on were referrals. And the crazy thing about it is, is when I looked back at my first business, and I, in my first business, I was an I was an HR consultant. I had big name clients like KPMG, Ally Bank, Coca-Cola Bottling Consolidated, like big name clients, not one referral. Actually, the only referral my first business ever received was two years later after I had technically shut it down. So not an expert at all. Yeah. When I started my second business, I was like, I got to figure out how to be successful. Like I have to figure out how this is going to work for me and I need to grow this business and I don't want to have another failure. I want more referrals. Like I just, actually, I just want referrals and I want to see how I can get a lot of them. So I did what everybody does when it comes to referrals. I researched, I Googled, I read books, I listened to sales trainers and they all told me for the most part that I needed to ask for them or I needed to be overly promotional or gimmicky and I needed to pay for them. It was like, those are the three common things you just kept hearing. I'm like, no, there's gotta be another way. So I really started- I feel like you do where it just, and I think that we're in an age, I think particularly today, and and this is what struck me as I finished your, by the time I finished your book, is that 
people today, I, I think we're really savvy when it comes to um, kind of gauging someone's authenticity. And that authenticity means everything. We're, we protect ourselves from being bombarded or being uh, with ads or being sold to. Nobody likes being sold to today. And I think we're more sensitive to that than ever before. Or we're more sensitive to oh, they're just shilling for them or something like that. And so because of that, we immediately discount that. I just don't know that that's as effective anymore as opposed to, no, this is not an ad. Like I legitimately really love this service or this person or this product and you know this user-generated content and this just organic you know, me talking about a brand that I happen to have, you know, uh, uh, experience with. I mean, that's the gold right there that I think every brand wants to create. And when you force it, it's just, it just isn't as authentic. It just, it's not authentic and it just doesn't work as well. Right. And the old school methods of how we have been taught to make referrals happen have always been forced. We've always been taught how to manufacture them or artificially create them. And that's when you think about at the heart of what a referral is and the human dynamic and psychology around why one happens, like none of that, those techniques work. That's why people are uncomfortable asking or it, their, it, their whole industry now is against paying for them or they don't mm-hmm. want to get overly promotional or gimmicky. You know, the idea is, is and you said it exactly, people don't don't want to be sold to. They want to buy, but there's two things they want when they buy, right? They don't want to waste their money and they don't want to make a mistake. And having somebody else tell you, no, I trust him. He can solve your problems. No, I trust her. She's awesome to work with. That is worth its weight in gold. Wow. All right. So um, let's talk because I still, I see this all the time. Uh, What's the saying? And you even used it in your book and it it is, it's cringy when you hear it. It's like the greatest thanks you can give is a referral or something like that. So you see him, you see him a lot of the email signatures, right? It's the greatest compliment that you can give me as a referral. I I just want to be like, no duh. Yeah. Right. Right. But the fact that you're asking, it's like, it's like saying, come on, compliment me, compliment me, compliment me. Come on, tell me how beautiful I am. Like, (laughs) you wouldn't say that. So why would you say, you know, I mean, I guess it's, you know, they're thinking they're just kind of keeping it top of mind or whatever. But then it's like, you know, when it's, when we're forced to do that, like, again, you talk about this a lot. Um, It's just awkward when somebody says, okay, well, I just helped you close your, uh, you know, refinance your mortgage. Now go ahead and write a list of five people uh, that you, (laughs) that that I could talk to. And then you're like, that's so uncomfortable. I mean, it's the worst. And, and I think that's the reality. Like, the advice that's been out there so long about asking like, hey, like, let me slide a piece of paper across the table and you tell me 10 people who are just like you who should do work with me, right? Like, like we've been taught that for so long. And I think people are at the point where they're like, I don't want to do things that are going to make me crazy uncomfortable. I understand yeah. running a business puts you out of your comfort zone on some level, right. but there's some levels we just don't want to go to. And when we feel uncomfortable and we can recognize the person sitting across from us is also uncomfortable. We just don't want to do it. But the worst thing is, Joss, and this this is what most people forget. It's not just that we've been taught, hey, you've got to ask or pay or be overly promotional or gimmicky. We're then also taught, and if you won't do those things, well, then you just don't get referrals. And Mm. nothing could be further from the truth, but that is yet the advice that we've been peddled for decades and decades. 
Uh, well, we're definitely going to talk about what works today, um, but I think I want to go back and make sure that we really underline just why referrals are the lifeblood of so many businesses. Um, you know, I guess, Stacy, why don't you answer it this way? Like, eh, referrals, like, I'm just going to buy a bunch more Facebook ads. Um, you know, what would you advise? Uh, I guess, I guess someone doesn't have to evoke referrals, but what's the danger there? What are they missing out on? So you're right. Everybody has a number of different ways that they fill their pipeline, right? They fill that prospect pipeline, the funnel, whatever you want to call it, so to speak, right? There's a way that they fill it. And, and I think you should have multiple ways that you fill it, right? So if you're, if you're going to do Facebook ads, that's great. If you're going to do networking, that's great. If you're going to go after earned media and publicity, that's great. If you're, but referral should always be a piece of that funnel. Now, my goal is when the, when I work with people is for that to become the biggest piece of the funnel. But I recognize that as a well-rounded business, we need more than just one way, right. Of having our clients come through the door. That's actually, you know, that's a little dangerous. Like we need multiple ways, but the idea behind referrals is, is, and most people will tell you this. And if they don't agree with this, they haven't ever gotten a really good referral before, Hmm. which is they are typically the easiest to close. Oh gosh. Yes. Quickest, right. They're the quickest to close. They're less price sensitive because they, already assigned value to you because somebody they know said, I trust him. And so you should go work with him. That automatically assigns value to you. So they don't have as much sticker shot, right? They've already applied that value to you. And they usually move along faster in your sales process, which let's be honest, we could all use a little help with that these days. And there's this concept that no one buys from you. Like, here's the thing. Now there's a difference between me buying a pair of shoes on Tom's shoes or Zappos and not needing to talk to anybody. I'm not talking about those kind of businesses. I'm talking about the type of businesses where your clients actually have to know, like, and trust you before they're going to decide to do business with you. That's a really important piece. And so, but when we do the know, like, and trust factor, when I'm referred to you, I drop in at the end of the continuum on the trust level, right? Almost ready to go. And that is what makes referrals the holy grail of all ways, in my opinion, to generate new business. Yeah. I mean, especially like for, listen, if you're an agency owner, (laughs) agencies, if there's one book you read uh, over the next 30 days, please let it be Stacy's book. (laughs) I I think agencies in particular provide, you know, B2B service Mm -hmm. providers. This is a no brainer, but of course the principles work for, uh, I think anybody that's dealing with consumers uh, of any kind. Um, You know, I, we have a, a $1,400 a month product and uh, you know, the, the ones that uh, we've gotten several referrals, I guess in the SEO world, uh, they, for some reason, some, you know, some SEO influencers kind of took a liking to what we do. And so they just like, we don't have a partnership with them, you know, where we're paying them or anything like that. They just, they've had really good experience with their service. So they've been referring us to several other people that are into upping their SEO. And you're right, 30 minute call, bam, $1,400 a month. They're, they don't even have to question it because right. someone that they know, liked, and trust or respected said, yeah, you should definitely talk to Josh. And you're right. I mean, it was, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I, I you know, I, I caught myself saying, man, you can't pay for a promotion like this. And it's, well, kind of what we created. Um, anything else that, uh, you know, in terms of practices that are out there that you wish people would stop doing? 
So, you know, obviously the big one for me is when people ask for referrals or they assume that's the only way to generate referrals is asking. The other thing though, so that's of course my big soapbox that I can always get on, but I won't. Um, The other one though that I find is, is that when people confuse where referrals fits into their overall sales strategy. Mm. I believe that there are activities that you do in your business that are prospecting in nature. Then there are activities you do in your business that are marketing in nature. And then you need a third plan, right? You need a third part of your sales strategy, which is referral in nature. And the reason for this is because who you're speaking to and the mindset you have when you're conveying those messages behind prospecting and marketing is completely different than who you're speaking to when you're going after referrals. So when I'm doing prospecting, whether let's just use for sake of an argument, networking, right? So when I'm in prospecting mode and I'm at a networking event, I'm hoping to talk to some prospects they're going to say yes to having coffee with me to learn about working together later on, right? Yeah. Same thing when I'm in marketing mode. I'm hoping somebody lands on my website or sees an ad out there or reads an article that I had placed, right, for Earn Media, and they, they, they see it and they're like, wow, yes, I need that. I need to have a conversation, right? In marketing and prospecting, I am speaking for the most part to the end user, the person who will buy for me, right? The person who will hire me. I'm speaking to the prospect, the new prospective client. In referral marketing, you don't know who the prospect is, right? So when we're doing, and I just called it referral marketing and didn't mean to, because that's my other pet peeve. But um, when we're talking about referrals, right, with our referral plan, we don't don't know who the the prospect is. Who we're speaking to are the people who know the prospects. And so the language, the mindset, how we take care of them, what we do, what we say, what we don't say is totally different. So when people try to take referrals, and they slam them into the prospecting side, that's where the asking and paying for methodology comes from. And when they take referrals and they try to slam it into marketing, well, ultimately that's where the, oh, just be overly promotional and gimmicky, right? And then, you know, greatest compliment you can give me is a referral in your email signature. That's where those those techniques come from because we've placed them in the wrong place. And they need to be a separate individual plan process that's a part of your overall sales strategy. Um, so, Stacy, let's start talking about what does work really well. And I'd like to start off by giving you an example of one product that we have is is kind of more of a one-to-many type thing where I can't really afford to do individual retail sales on this because of the price point. Um, but we offer a kind of a, a webinar and we provide a lot of value on the front end. And then we introduce them to a platform where we can uh, increase their authority. And it's got over $8,000 worth of services. And then it retails for two payments of $497. So um, what, you know, if, if our goal, and we know a lot of people with a lot of really big audiences, typically what someone would do is they would say, okay, well, you've got a big audience. And so what we'll do is we'll just have you join our affiliate program. And so everybody who signs up, will give you, and in our case, you know, we're willing to pay up to 50% of that to the partner. But I wonder if that then violates your rules. <laughs> like, if, you know, can you have an affiliate program or is there a better way to do that? What would be a better way for us to let large audiences of of consumers know about that particular service. 
Yeah, so I think this is such a powerful question that you asked. And it's one that most people, when I give them give them my answer, they're like, oh, okay. Because they expect to be like, no, don't do it. Actually, right. I think affiliate relationships, strategic partnerships are fine. And in fact, it's very commonplace in a lot of different industries, particularly in the online space. Like my program is an online program as well, where I help people. And of course, I have affiliates who do that. The difference though is from when I talk about don't pay, the difference between an affiliate relationship and there's other industries like in the real estate industry, there's always like, Hey, if I refer you to another realtor, right, then I'm going to get some of that commission. The difference between affiliate relationships and those like the real estate industry and other industries is as the buyer, as the consumer, I know that going into it. I know before Mm -hmm. I click Mm -hmm. on your buy button that so-and-so is an affiliate of yours and is going to be compensated for bringing me to your webinar. I'm an informed buyer. I'm very clear, unless I just didn't pay attention and that's my own fault. I'm very clear on the relationship here. Nothing's hidden. Right. When people have these, and I see this a lot in industries that aren't like real estate, online businesses and things like, or even like um, technology-based companies. It's like when you walk into like the home builder or the interior designer, right? And you're trying to decide, or maybe it's your, well, it's, it's not typically in the financial world because there's huge regulations and compliance around them. But it's like, you know, when you're talking to like that interior designer, I use this as an example. And that person's like, Hey, if you refer, I'm going to refer a bunch of business to you, but I'm going to need a kickback on it. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in that prospect shoes for just a minute. That prospect thinks you're referring them to the best interior designer. How would they right. feel to find out? No, actually, in fact, I just referred you to the person who's giving me the biggest commission mm. on what you purchased. Right. That's the issue. It's the behind the scenes. It's the things that aren't disclosed that I have huge issues with yeah. and affiliate relationships, but I don't call them referrals. So that's the other thing that drives me crazy about affiliates. I always tell my affiliates, you're not referring me because when you refer me, you do, you put your trust on the line and you refer me with nothing expected in return. Right. This is a lead that's coming in through an affiliate relationship and that's great. And that affiliate better believe in me or why would you even be associated with me? But it is a different relationship. Wow. Okay. I like it. So uh, if I'm a business owner and I want to evoke a lot of referrals, what are the steps that I need to be doing? Yes. Okay. So disclosure first is I'm going to teach you the five steps that you need to follow to be able to generate referrals, but I'm going to make an assumption first. And it's a pretty big assumption I'm going to be making on your behalf, which is for anyone listening, I'm assuming you're referable. All right, so I'm going to pick up these steps prior to anything else we would talk about around creating a sticky client experience and being referable. And the idea here is, is that I'm assuming you do great work. I'm assuming you're worth talking about. I'm assuming that people want to share you with other people. Like they may not do it all the time because they're not built that way, which we'll talk about how to get them to do it, right? But it's that idea that you're referable because I truly believe and my underlying philosophy has always been this, is that we all, if we do great work and we have a great client experience, that we then deserve referrals. We're just not owed any of them, which means we need to do a little bit of work. So keep in mind, if you've never received a referral, don't start with these five steps. You got to go back and work on your client experience and then develop people into referral sources. You got to go like step zero and step negative one, right? But we're going to start with step one. And I'm going to make the assumption that you do receive referrals. There, There may not be many, right? You may only have like two or three a year, or maybe you've got like 10 a year, maybe more than that, but you know you're capable of more. So you're receiving some referrals. So the very first step I need you to do 
is I need you to identify who are your referral sources. So in the book, chapter eight is going to walk you through how to do this. Like how far back do you go? And do I, can I use my CRM if I have it? Yes, please. It'll make this process easier. Yeah. It'll walk you through what to do if you don't have this information tracked anywhere. And it will give you some amazing data about your business. But ultimately what you're going to do is look back at your clients and where they came from. And then hone in on the ones that were actually referred to you. And so you'll have the client's name and the name of the referral source. What I'm ultimately after to complete step one is that you actually have this list of referral sources. And I always say to folks, and it's kind of a joke, but I mean it, a referral source has a first name and a last name. Mm-hmm. Not that guy from my BNI group, right? <laughs> or or that Sally person that I met four times, right? It's they have a first name and a last name, unless Madonna is referring you. Right. I need your referral sources to have first name and last name. You need to know who they are. And yeah. that is critical. And that really is a hard first step. And most people are like, Stacey, wait, that's in your paid program is how to do it. And then you also give it away in your book. And then I talk about it openly everywhere. And people Mm -hmm. are like, why do you talk about something that's behind a paywall? And I'm like, because ultimately I know if you can't get past this step, the rest of what I teach you isn't going to matter because everybody's like, just tell me what to do. I'm like, you're asking the wrong question. It's not about what you do. It's about who you're doing it for. And once we know who those people are, who are the people who are inclined to refer you or should be referring you? Once we've identified those people, then we can build something that will really resonate with them. And that is an important step and it has to go in order. Nice, nice. And next steps then. Oh, yeah. do, you, do you have a couple more minutes or are you, do you have a hard stop in two minutes? No, I'm good. Okay, good, good, good. Please, please continue on. I can talk about this stuff forever. Yeah. <laughs> you may have to shut me off at the end. Right. Okay, so the idea here is, is once I know who my referral sources are, step two, most people are like, this is totally out of place. I'm like, I know it feels out of place, but let me remind everyone what we're ultimately after here. People who drop a brand new client into your lap, you should love them. I mean, like deep down at your core, you should love the people. And I mean love in a very professional sense, not in an inappropriate sense. (laughs) But you should really care about the people who hand you a new client that you don't have a lot, you don't have to do a lot of work for them, right? Like ultimately when someone's referred to me, like they did all the work. I just have to close them, they're mine to lose. And I should be willing and want and should feel thankful and should want to take care of the people who are actually referring people to me. So the whole process is built on this idea that you actually feel grateful for the people who are referring you. Like you believe that they deserve to be taken care of. So step two is, is that you always have to have an immediate, and I mean immediate, but like not seven days later, like 24, 48 hours, an immediate follow-up process to how you thank someone when they do refer you. Mm. Now, here's the thing. I can't just send thank you notes every time someone refers me and expect them to send me 20 more. That's not how a referral explosion works. But if I can create the concept within myself to sit down and write myself, not my virtual assistant or somebody on my team and handwrite a thank you note and say, thank you for referring me to Josh, right? If I can do that and I can set that gratitude in place when the referral source receives it, that is ultimately what they want is the acknowledgement of what they did. They didn't do it for you. They did it to help their friend who needs you, but they like to be acknowledged by you. And a lot of people will tell me they're annoyed when they're not thanked. They're like, how do you not acknowledge that I just dropped a new client into your lap? Like yeah. I had a financial advisor that I worked with and he was like, I followed your process. I got a referral for a client worth $7 million. I'm like, yeah, how do you not thank for that? Oh like, my that's gosh. crazy, right? And so it sets the gratitude place like 
it sets it, your heart in the right place. Yeah. But it also does the thing your referral source needs is that acknowledgement. Like, yeah. oh, wow, that's really cool. Josh just thanked me. Or, oh, wow, Stacy remembered and she sent me a thank you note. That's really yeah. nice. It's what you do every time you receive a referral. But step three is what we have to do in between being able to write those thank you notes. We have to make sure that we are being memorable and meaningful, that we are taking care of our referral sources, and that we are ultimately staying top of mind with them, not keeping in touch, but top of mind with them. So they feel like, wow, Josh really cares about me. And he continuously shows me, not like every month shows me because that's weird and stalkerish. But like just, you know, a handful of times a year, like he's taking time to remember me and to thank me for what I mean to his business. And Mm. that creates, right, this desire to like, wow, when you take care of me, typically the way we were designed and built is for me to want to see how I can help and take care of you. So when, when we're doing this plan, right, this outreach plan to our referral sources that's taking care of them, memorable and meaningful, and of course is keeping us top of mind, we're going to weave in step four which is the language we're going to use and the referral seeds we're going to plant, which will ultimately have people know, oh, right, there's like this thing that we're, let's be honest, there's a thing we're kind of ultimately after here, but it comes from a place of being grateful and having gratitude for these folks, but using some referral seeds just to remind them of why we're so grateful and the gratitude we have. And the continuous use of the referral seeds subconsciously gets them thinking about you from a referral perspective, but it still comes from a very a very um, positive place that's a real place that's full of gratitude and gratefulness. I tell people all the time, if you only worry about yourself or you're dead inside, what I teach is not going to work for you. Like you actually have to care about people and you have to be be willing to show it. And I don't mean you have to send them a bunch of gifts, right? Most people don't have that kind of budget, but you do have to be willing to invest in them, whether it's time with them, maybe it's a gift, maybe it's a handwritten card, but a handful of times throughout the year, they have to feel it from you, which means you have to do some level of outreach or touch points. I um I am a big fan of sending videos via email. So um you know they know it's me. They can see me. I'm talking directly one on one to them. Like and and I express my gratitude. And they hopefully they can feel my appreciation, love. They can see it on my face. They can feel my energy. Like and I talk directly to them. Um, and I'm not sure if that's the best thing to do, but I, I know it really works for me. I'm really bad at writing note cards, like <laughs> note cards and stuff like that. <laughs> You're going to have to get better, Josh. Yeah. But you're, I've gotten some of your videos. So they are, they do come from the heart and they're great. I think videos work great from a buyer's journey perspective when someone's making the decision that they want to work with you. It's also a great way to just check in and see how they're doing. Um, so I think videos are awesome, but there is something that a handwritten thank you card conveys that nothing else can. So I would always Mm -hmm. say handwritten cards are like the Holy grail videos are next. Don't you dare send an email or a text. Like that is the lazy man or lazy woman's way out of it. And just don't do it. Like pick one of the other ways, but that handwritten card is special. But the truth is like when a new student joins my program, I used to send handwritten thank you cards. And that, you know, now we're in seven different countries with business owners in the program. It gets a little much. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. So now I send videos, but the truth is most of the people in my program, they'll never meet me. They'll never, because they're in Australia or they're in Germany or they're in, you know, Canada. They're not here in the United States. And even if they're in the United States, they'll still never meet me. And Mm -hmm. so the video piece is really, really nice. But if they were to refer someone to me, they're not getting a video from me. They are going to get a handwritten thank you note. So there's a way to make it work. So it's scalable within your business. Mm. 
Um, and Stacy, forgive me. I know you had a few, couple more steps left. Yep. So we've done step one, which is identify your referral sources. Then step two is just make sure you have an immediate follow-up process to thank when you receive a referral. Mm -hmm. Step three is, is to make sure you have a plan of how you're going to take care of these referral sources a handful of times throughout the year with doing the right things, not just the easy thing. That email newsletter is not going to cut it. That's not part of the plan. Step four is using the right language so that you are planting direct and indirect referral seeds. And then step five is the step that pulls it all together. Because the reality of it is, is that I know every single person I work with, they are busy. They're the business owner. They're busy. Sometimes they're married and have families and they have other obligations outside of work. And it feels and it can feel like one more thing to do if we allow it to. Now, here's the thing. If it's making you money, like I had one on hold marketing company we took from an average of 40 referrals a year to 187 in their first year following the program. So trust me, when it starts to work, you're like, I'll do the work. It's not a big deal. But I do know as busy business owners, what we ultimately need is a process. And so step five is our ability to take what we've built in step three and step four, and then make sure it's part of our workflow and our processes. So we actually accomplish it throughout the year, because this is a wash, rinse, repeat. So I was just on the call with one of my VIP clients the other day, and they're like, okay, we got to do 2020 plan. I'm like, no, you have it. You pull out your 2019 plan that <laughs> took you from 50 referrals in 2018 to now, you know, over a hundred, 115, right. In 2019, I was like, take that plan. Let's change up what we didn't like. Let's do the same things that worked really well. It's a wash, rinse, repeat model. And you keep doing it. Like I've got an attorney who's been following the program for five years now, right? She's about to start her sixth year and she keeps doing it and referrals only grow and grow and grow. So it's a process that you build a business that you can build a part of into your business, but it's not a one hit wonder or it won't work for you. So someone might be thinking as they're hearing you go through this is it's like, well, wait a minute, it's, it's, but people aren't referring me right now. I get thanking them and I'm ready to thank them and I'm, I'm ready to thank them really well. But I, how do I put, how do I sow some seeds here? How do I get this going so that I can start evoking this more and more? And I know the answer, but I'd love for you to share that answer. Yes. And I would tell folks too, like, I'm going to give you the high level answer, but there's, there's two podcast episodes. I think it's, I did it early on when I was starting my podcast. I think it's episode six and seven um, of what to do when you need more referral sources. There's an entire uh, article on my website that talks about this too. But the idea here is, is that if you're not receiving referrals and you want to, and you know, it's not because you do choppy or what I call crappy work, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you deserve them. People say, you're awesome to work with, but it doesn't like turn into anything else from that point. The first thing we need to do is you need to identify who, who would be what I call your soon to be referral sources. And then we follow a process where we're really just building a relationship with them. But this relationship has nothing to do with us and everything to do with them as to potentially see how we can help them. And then the more you help somebody, right, you kind of build that feeling back to you as like, Hey, like you're really helpful for me. And now I remember you, I think about you. And when opportunities present themselves, they will refer you. And then once they refer you, you just drop them into this plan that you build once you have referral sources that you can execute on your referral plan with as well. So it starts with identification of who are those people. And I talk about some easy ways to do that in the episode and in the article. And then of course, there's the, uh, now what do I do that I've identified them? It's like, now take care of them and expect this process to go a little slow. And that's okay. It's okay because when they turn into a referral source, that's like my financial advisor at a New York city who drops a $7 million client into your lap, you'll be okay with it being a little slow. Or if they're dropping five or six referrals into your lap and two years ago, they weren't, 
it's okay that it takes a little bit of time, but it does build on itself and it does take effect. That snowball effect does take effect. Wow. Uh, and Stacy, one more thing that I know that you talked about in the book that I think is really, really critical is that you just, and we do this a lot in media training. So, you know, how do you sell without selling? Well, the, the simple way, or how do you get what you want without asking for it in media is that you just tell stories about it. So, uh, you know, for example, you would tell stories about how you helped somebody else. So in this case, mm -hmm. I think, you know, culturally what we want to do is we want to tell stories about the referrals that we're getting and like, oh my gosh, like I'm getting you know, thank you so much for all the referrals we got in November. And you would tell us, you just like people were just hearing this. Oh, okay. So in this community, I guess it's normal to share uh, referrals with Josh, right? And so like, they just keep hearing like, it, it's, we're normalizing that behavior and we talk about it and we tell stories about it without saying the greatest gift that you could ever give me would be a referral. You just like, well, I, look, you yeah, you probably would refer someone to me eventually because that's just what we do around here. So it's like you make it feel like it's a normal thing for people to do. And then it's like, oh, well, when in Rome, I guess we, you know, this is how we all grow and thrive together. And so, um, so I think rather than like, if you're going to do a video to your tribe, rather than asking for it, just thank people publicly or thank the community for like, oh my gosh, you know, we have this like really grassroots thing that like everybody is like welcoming other people into the community. And so you just like thank and invest. So you just like you're, and even if it's not existing in a big way, you're in, in some way speaking it into existence too. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so there's one of the things I talk about in the book is this ability to, even when you're just having conversations with people and people say to you like, hey, how's business, right? Like what, we all say the same thing. We're all like, it's great. Or maybe it's like, <laughs> it sucks if we're being honest, right? It's not going great. Not for you and I, of course, but you know, for anybody else. And so like, if we're being like, we just give this like, oh, it's great. Thanks for asking. How's it going for you? And it's the same thing you were saying. Like if people are referring you, Say it, say it in your community, thank them for referring them out loud. But also even in our one-to-one -one conversations, it's just like when someone says, how's business? I would so much prefer if this is true and you have to figure out how to say this so it's true yes. for you. I give some variations right. in the book, but because it's not, what I'm going to say isn't true for everybody, but it'd be awesome to be like, hey, you know what? I just brought in three new clients and all of them were referred to me. It is such an awesome reminder that I do great work when my clients refer other clients to me, it is amazing. Don't you think referrals are the best way to grow your business and then see where the conversation goes? Yeah. Right. Like you don't have to make it about anything about your business because all of a sudden I hear, Oh, people refer Stacy. That's what I heard from that. Right. I may not remember who I may not remember how many, I may not remember what exactly she said, but it's that idea that, Oh yeah, Stacy's referred. So it's in lots of places we can say it. You can overdo it, right? You can right. be a little bit, oh, now you're, it's like you're reaching for something. So there is, I always like to teach my growth by referral students, like there is a methodology or a formula to this and there's a balance to how we want it to make it work. I always tell folks, if you feel normal doing it, then you're probably okay. But if you're getting into that, I'm saying it for the 13th time in three days. Yeah, you should probably listen to your gut and not do it again. Um, so there's a way to do it and there's a formula and there's like a mix, a balance that really works. But yeah, it's that idea of just, when people say, hey, how's business? 
tell them how great referrals are. If it's true, mm -hmm. you may have to look at it differently, right? Um, depending on your numbers. Um, but there is that idea that, and then publicly thank people when they refer you. And some businesses can do this better than others because of their industry that they're in. But at the end of the day, um, you do start having people think about you the more you tell them how you want them to think about you. Stacy Brown Randall, I appreciate you. Your website, of course, is Stacy Brown Randall, and that's Stacy with an E. Uh, one thing that I would recommend, there's two things I want you to, like I love finding this value that you can take off of the conversation that you're listening to right now. And there's two things I want you to take advantage of that Stacy offers. Number one is you could take a free assessment and it's a quiz. You can uncover your referral ninja level. And then I suspect, Stacy, based on their score, you can probably make some recommendations. Is that right? Yes. I'll show them what it, wherever they land, I'll show you how you get to the referral ninja master level. Nice, nice. And and one way to help you on your journey would be to uh, pick up uh, Stacy's book, which is on Amazon, and that's Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, a simple five-step plan to referral explosion. And you can actually even just get a chapter for free uh, by going to Stacy's website, stacybrownrandall.com. So Stacy, thank you so much for everything you've shared with me. Again, this is probably my longest thoughtful entrepreneur interview ever, uh, <laughs> but this was just so crazy. Critical. Like I, I truly believe that there are so many sales that are in the future of the person that's listening to our conversation right now by just creating this culture and truly facilitating an environment where people want to refer people to you. Uh, I, I think 2020 is going to be a very exciting year for those folks. That is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm -hmm.